My name's Mel Herbert, and he's Tom Wolfson. We're going to be talking about the cars, the batteries, the solar panel, the stock price, the man, the myth. We're going to be talking about everything Tesla. Why? Because we're... Talking. 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 Talking Tesla. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, before we get started, I just have to say there's a bit of language in here again. It's not my intention for this to be lots of sweary words, but uh, for a number of reasons... Things are a little out of hand, uh, just so you know. All right, heads up, not for the kids. A little bit of swearing, a little bit of language. The boys were overexcited. Ladies and gentlemen, talking Tesla 32, we have producer extraordinaire CC in the his house. So this is uh, the first talking Tesla where the audio quality is actually going to be good? Is what? what you're saying? No, no, Mel, you're good. Don't self-deprecate yourself because she's here. You know no, you're no, good at what you do. It's fine. And what you do is hey, is a matter of Robert was thing. supposed to join us. Don't know where he is. Robert, Very important man. Post shift. He's probably it's asleep pre-shift. on the freeway. He's oh, he's pre shift? That's even worse. He's got better things to so do. So he might join us about halfway through, but we've got to get All going right. because Tom has a little show that he's putting on in Vegas next week. I'm a busy man. And he's got to go to uh, some meetings. Yeah. yeah. That I actually called. Oh. Be hard if I should have played from my own meeting. Show. All right, yeah. that, uh, Tom. I don't know if you knew this, but I got a Model X uh, a couple of weeks ago. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. Let me think back. I've got a little. Yep, I remember that you got a Model X. Remember, <laughs> if you go back in time on the talking Tesla, you don't even have to go that far back. Not really. that far. Like maybe three weeks. <laughs> and yeah. we're talking about how autopilot's stupid. stupid. And I've had uh, the X for two weeks, and I've driven it about six times. We're going to get to that in a minute. Um, but I can't live without autopilot already. That Aww. thing is so good. In LA traffic, you turn that on, and it's like having an Uber driver. It drives you. You drove it for 10 minutes. Yeah. I drove it for 10 minutes, and but you had crippled it. Yeah, that's true. I turned <laughs> so I, like, I have no idea how it actually it's works. so good. That was real nice. Traffic. Hey, Tom, why don't you drive my car? I'm just going to cripple it a little bit, and then you can move on. Oh, you know what I did last night? No. How could I? Well, I do know, but I have to pretend that I'm not always watching every move of yours through some sort of yeah. weird portal. That's strange. <laughs> I went uh, and did parking. You know, I'm not a good parker, Tom. Yeah. I'll be the first to admit it. Right. In fact, here I am admitting it. I'm bad at parking. <laughs> you were first. That's true. You're right So on. you have to wait a while. I don't know what it's doing, but it has to calibrate. And then after you've had it for a few days, it says, uh-huh. okay, I'm ready to park you. So I took it down the street. What and kind of you, parking are we talking? Like parallel, parallel like parking. in onto the street between two other two cars? cars? Two cars, parallel parking. Right, this is so exciting. So you drive past slowly one car. I'm a Twitter. And then it sees the gap, and then you go to the next car, and the mm-hmm. little thing pops up that says, I could park you if you want. And I'm like, yes. Put it in reverse, hit the button, perfectly parallel parking me like six times on the streets over here. First Almost. try every time? First time. Boom. Thank That's you. Pretty awesome. Done. It must be some sort of geometrical algorithm. Oh, I'm sure there's some math, <laughs> and we'll not do any. Now, I don't, this one makes me so sad. Upsides, I, I really, I really like this car, but um, mm-hmm. I don't like my S as much as I used to now. Hmm. Downside, hey, you know what? What? I only have one S. Mm-hmm. I'll take it. No, I'm not giving it to. <laughs> um, so here's the deal: I really want an X, <sighs> but I've got an S. And I got a, uh, an X, and I thought you the do. wife is going to... A couple you know, of thought, threes on order. I thought the wife would say, yeah, maybe I don't want the X after all. And, you know, <laughs> 13.7 <laughs> seconds into driving, and she's like, this is a nice car. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's over. The, I'm never going to drive it. The we don't like nice car Herberts have changed their tune. My gosh. So 
I want to get an X because I like that form factor. I like the fact that you sit up. Uh, yeah. I like the extra sort of storage capacity in there. Yeah. So what do I do, Tom? Um, here's what I'm going to do. I know what Wait. you're going to do. I'm going to suffer, suffer <laughs> through having it air. Oh, suffer. Stop. The people are going to turn themselves off from you. I'm going to suffer through the stupid S, which is the greatest car in the world. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's only the second greatest, second car, greatest in the world. car in the world. Now. I'm going to suffer through it and I'm going to wait because I believe yeah. that they're going to come out one with a 100 kilowatt version of the S. And so therefore, following soon after, there will be a 100 kilowatt version of the X. And I'd like that extra range. Although I don't know if I'm prepared to spend lots of cash on that. And I believe, Tom, I believe in my heart, deep in my colon that they will come out with an X with a folding middle row because that non-folding stuff, they're great seats. They're so comfortable. They need to fold, all right? Fold them. So you think young Elon is going to capitulate to the what the masses are saying about his I think, idiotic second-row seats? I think it will become an option in the not-too-distant future. I know what it'll take. Elon's mom's going to call him up and be like, I really want this X, but could you get those damn second row seats to fold? The real question, or a real question, a question that I have, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> is do you see there being a person making aftermarket seats that fold, that just uh, that, tack on to the back row of that I bad boy? I don't see it because that monopod thing is so complicated. I do, there would be like the most expensive seats. You just have to bolt world. onto it, though. Um, well, maybe I don't. Nah. I mean, He's, probably not. But, but you never it's know. actually it's a good question because um, Well, it's not that good a question, but what? But you are. But it all brings over up. The place. It brings up a good question. You know when? Uh, oh, oh, you have a good question, I, but I don't. No, well, that's usually how it goes. Let's be honest. Um, let's go back in time, Tom. Three years. When I put five thousand dollars down as a deposit on a Model X because they're going to sell so many of these, I didn't want to wait seventeen years to get my Model X. So I got it pretty quickly. They yeah. started production in October, but they didn't really ramp up till sort of January. Right. It is now May. Mm-hmm. I got mine late April. Now, if you go on the on the website, you know yeah. there's supposed to be twenty five thousand dollars twenty five thousand reservations for the X. Yeah. If you go on the website right now today, mm-hmm. you Tom, me. And you want an X? Should I go now? You, if you want an X, you know how long it's taking you to get your X right no now? No idea. One month. But they're not making 25000 a month. So my guess is Thank you. those 25,000 people either A, are not pulling the trigger in the design center because uh-huh. you know maybe they're waiting for the 100 kilowatt battery. Maybe they realize that they don't actually have $100,000. Again, I think this could be, and it's, it's hard to say because obviously you got $5,000 in the game, all those people on the reservation list. What the hell are they waiting for? Your car wasn't even fully, fully maxed out, fully loaded with ludicrous, and they still made it. The bottom line is that there is no way they're making their 20,000 of these a month. So no. where did all those reservations go? I don't think people are picking up their X. And maybe, could it be, Tom? Because the um, people want the um, Model 3? Maybe, but I, that seems weird, right? That you would put 5K on an X and then be like, eh, I'll get a little tiny sedan Model 3. Like, that's that can have been... Like, you might as well have gotten an S at that point, right? Somebody explain it, though. Something's going on. They're not filling those orders because I can get one in a month. You know why they're not filling those orders? Because people are like, holy crap, those... They're having all sorts of anecdotal information about the doors, right? Not not being so hot. So, I mean, I think people are are like, I don't want to be the first sucker off the lot with that bad boy, but... Yeah, right. Well, I already touched on the next one, which is Model S range yeah. and the 100 kilowatt battery. So last week, I just touched on this for a second just, as I was driving in the back of the car. Just tapped it like a little 
touch. Or with so. you and Robert, and you were scaring the crap out of me with your accelerating and me in the back. That wasn't me. That was no, Robert. Again, you're blaming me for all this stuff. Robert did scare the crap out you of you. You and Light. Um, so they now have, with the new uh, Model S, where they've changed a few things in the motor and the front and all that stuff, Yeah. highway over 300 miles, first electric car to be rated at over 300 miles on the highway here in the Los Estados Unidos. But uh, this 100-kilowatt battery, which we really believe is going to come out soon, really yeah. soon, that should get you about 340 to 350 miles of range. And then the X should follow soon after. So that's one of the things that's going to make me wait. I'm going to just cool my jets with the second-best car in the world, the S. And I'm going to yeah. see if they have a 100-kilowatt uh, X, and oh. then we'll go from there. I wonder how far they can go with their current technologies. You remember you had that interview with that gentleman that it was really more about yes. heat and all that other yes. situation. So with the current technology, they really just keep kind of eh, – we'll fill that spot and we'll fill that spot. But they're not – there's nothing really fundamentally has changed about that, right? They just seem to be doing slow tweaks. And Elon keeps saying we get about 5 to 8% more a year, and that's kind of what we're seeing every couple of years. Here's a bit more battery. Here's a bit more battery. Right. There's no big, giant change. Uh, model 3. So uh, this is from Malachek. Malachek. <laughs> They must love us over there. They don't know about us. <laughs> Electric. Okay, so the Model 3 is not the end game. So there's this great uh, long interview that Elon did when he, he was in uh, one of those Scandinavian countries that's really cold. Without any of his handlers with him. He was and just chatting. He was just chatting, and he was saying, look, uh, we did the S and the X, and the we needed to sell a really expensive car before we could get to the much cheaper mass model car, but it's the cheaper mass model car that's going to change the world so that lots of uh-huh. people can drive it. But even the three, he noted, only about half the people who are out buying cars can really afford a thirty-five dollars to $40,000 car. Yeah. About half them. So I need to get a cheaper one, and he said, uh, there's going to be another one. There's going to be another model that comes after this, and my guess is that it going to be somewhere around in the $20,000 range. The Model Y, which stands for why? Because it's cheaper. Now with the Model 3, uh, we're, we're a third generation with much higher sca- economies of scale. We've got the Gigafactory um, and we've got the uh, much higher volume production line. And, and, and there's really two things that are necessary to achieve a compelling mass market product. You need to have uh, multiple design iterations and you need economies of scale. So I think we're finally taking a long time, and it's been a difficult journey. Um, I'm super excited about being able to produce a car that most people can afford. And, and there'll be future uh, cars that, uh, that are you know, even more affordable down the road. But uh, with something like the Model 3, it's, it's designed to be able to achieve, it's designed such that roughly half of people can afford the car with fourth generation and smaller cars and whatnot, we'll ultimately be in the position where I think almost everyone can afford the car. All right, let's do this. We're going to continue on. We're now being joined by one Robert Rosenblum pre-shift. Pre-shift, exactly. Pre-shift, At Robert. At least I had yesterday off, though. Yeah, that's glorious. Did you sweet. drive around in your Tesla? I did drive around in my Tesla, in fact. Excellent. How many Model 3s did you order? This is from Teslarati. Our buddies. Our friends. And you know what? Hi, we guys. love those guys. We do. <laughs> So um, they said when you we were here, we're all together, we're having the snacks, we're watching the reveal. We were, that was said, fun. You're only allowed to have two. Dose. You're only allowed to do two. Some people, in fact, ordered 20. 20. Kind of like one of those, uh, order, those order. birds order. that would dip <laughs> down for the water. That's right. I don't order, know that that's order. accurate, though. 20. There's a guy that ordered 20. I thought that was the reporter they did 20 to see if they could do it. And they did. So then what happened is that Elon said, hang on a minute, 
let's lock it down. Go back into the software and actually make it so you can only order two. But it turns out, so this was a big deal. Oh, my God, all of these 400,000 orders, it's all crap because people just ordered 100 each. Yeah. Well, it turns out 0.2% of people ordered more than two. There was one guy, though, in Scandinavia who wanted 1,000. But he wasn't doing it like hitting the thing a thousand times what he did was ask all these people in scandinavia to order them for him yeah so uh, only 0.2 percent were more than two and somebody put on the notes here i, I did only five percent of people actually ordered two so most that's of these right. were single orders that's correct 388 million people because of that one thousand dollar barrier to entry that they put up it and was a thousand dollar wall these are the people Right. People who want it. They want them. Not the doctors. So we just talked Not about the, doctors. the X, where I can now order an X and it can't be, you know, there's no yeah. way that it, those 25,000 pre-orders have actually been sold because you can get an X so fast now. But in this case, is this going to be any difference? Do you think that 400,000 people are going to get right up? And now they say, now configure it and I want $35,000 from you. They're going to say, no, I'm not going to do it. Well, we talked about all the factors that are possible with this. Some of the factors are how many of these people, once the tax credit expires on Tesla, are going to continue to go forward. Now, we think from our very informal poll that that number is pretty high. But that was a very small amount of people who answered that poll Tell for us. Tell us about the poll. You set the poll up. I don't. I don't. I don't have the the question was once the federal uh, rebate runs out, are you going to continue to? It was a huge poll of tens of thousands of people, <laughs> and we asked them that specific question, right. and most people said, "Yeah, I'm still getting it." Most people tens of the of I think fifty there was like that to answered, to maybe I think it was nine. <laughs> <laughs> but what? Nobody? Oh, look how close I was. 53. 53. So we I know what the people are thinking. 53 people a day. So most of the people are yeah. now a huge poll of 53 people. <laughs> Non-randomized, uh, not spread across the country. We have no idea. Doctors and you're randomized. None of us voted. No. no. I didn't even know it was up, honestly, until I saw the results. But then if, if uh, Donald Trump gets into off, maybe I shouldn't go into politics, but we won't be offering rebates to foreign-made cars. Excellent. Yeah, they can all go to Tesla. All the batteries come from. But what does that mean, foreign-made cars? Because how many like Toyota plants are in America? That's detailed. Details don't matter. Isn't there a Mercedes plants in America as well? Don't confuse Employing me. Americans. Don't confuse don't you. Don't confuse the, Mel. the actual power of the presidency with what certain people say about what the executive orders. Please do not confuse those things. <laughs> all, right, all right, moving Testarati, on. Tesla uh, survey. So there's a little survey here on Tesla which is from Prinzia. What's that? Prenzier? Somebody pronounced words that are... Pren- Prenzier? So they did a survey and it said that 92% of Tesla owners would order another and that 55% of current Tesla owners, you know, with the S and the Xs, have actually put in an order for a Model 3. And here's the part that's for Tom. This Tom likes this. I don't know what your problem is. Current Tesla owners have an income of between, you know, for around $300,000 and they're mostly <laughs> of a certain... Type, they would be rich white guys, sausage-having white boys. The the people, <laughs> the people. I don't know, standing around this standing goddamn this table. Room. Well, two of the three people standing around possibly this table, to the show. possibly listening to this show. I like uh, the white man. Um, well, that's nice. Well, the white man that, says, uh, "Thank you." This is a problem for now, <laughs> but this is not how you save the world. This is not Elon's thing. Hold on a second. To, uh, a rich group first until you get to the Model Y. So you can't save the world by just selling stuff to rich white guys? 
Donald Trump's in a lot of trouble. <laughs> oh, oh damn. damn, politics. There's another couple of numbers in here that I find fascinating. Okay. And this also is so me. For 91% of owners, the Tesla is the most expensive car they've ever bought. I think that's true. People push. push. For it, Mike. A lot of people. A lot of people I've spoken to because they just wanted to be all electric. They finally wanted to get to that all electric threshold. My used Tesla is like super close to the most expensive. I mean, it is. And the the most expensive car I ever bought was the Volvo. And I was literally depressed for about 18 months after I bought it because I was like, it wasn't Tesla. No, well, it was first off, Tesla didn't even exist when I bought that thing in 2004. And it was just the most money I'd ever spent on a car. And I was like, what the hell was I thinking? Yeah, the first time I uh, the first time I brushed my wheels against a curb, I think I almost <laughs> I wrote myself a prescription for Prozac. <laughs> I would have gone for Haldol or something like that at that point. But I'm I'm interested to see that their their median income has dropped, and I figured that's because they're all screwing off, driving their Tesla all around, going supercharger to supercharger, and they're just not working. That's so funny. They're like, so they're actually taking their vacation. Buy a Tesla, lose productivity. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I like to it. explicitly say what uh, Robert is like the income, the uh, average income was 290000 in 2013, and now it has dropped to 2071 I thought it was because you know, other people were buying the car, but I was wrong. It's they're just driving around. Money. That number is ridiculously high. You know what this it's means? Really, it means really all of those rich white people that I was making fun of were actually richer white people than I even imagined. <laughs> <laughs> this ridiculous amount of money. Because they're the ones who are flipping Teslas. They're going, oh, what? There's an 85D? Yeah. I'll get that. Oh. There's a 90D? I'll get that. They're not, there's a ludicrous? I'll get that. They're Wait. not selling them back to Tesla because there are almost no used Teslas on the website now. But you know wow. what's interesting? These interesting. aren't even 1%ers. The 1% percent income in the United States after we had that big 1%, the 99% invisible thing, whatever it was, I think it's $480,000 to be in the top 1%. So these people are poor. They're not even 1%. <laughs> these are 4%ers. Wow. You know what? Rich white people that I've made fun of, I'm sorry. You're not, You're not even one percenters, losers. <laughs> <laughs> I can't use any of this. I gotta <laughs> what I'm are you talking about? No, it's fine. They're I, fine. The, ba- the the bottom line is rich people buy Teslas. Ooh, there's a shocker. Oh, yeah, it is a <laughs> very expensive. Things tend to be bought by people who have a lot of money. Yeah, who are like, I don't know, third car, electric. Why not throw it in the driveway? Maybe I'll drive it every once in a while. But Elon said thank you to the rich people for buying them because it allows him to now make the next car. Yes. So thank you, rich people. Thank you, rich people. <laughs> Which he'll initially sell to the rich people. Yeah. <laughs> Tesla and Echo and a drone. Did you listen to the interview? My name is uh, Jason Gecki. And Jason, what do you do for a living? So my day job is I actually design APIs and work with developers for the collaboration business unit at Cisco. So I'm really into the whole developer experience and stringing technologies together for for great solutions. So you are an Uber geek. Yes, very much so. (laughs) So tell us what you did. Um, You took an Amazon Echo and a Tesla and a drone and you got busy with your Uber geeking. What the heck came out at the end? Exactly. So what I, what I was able to do is since uh, Tesla is a cloud-connected car and has an API, I was able to connect those things together and cause it to uh, invoke the uh, summon feature that everyone knows uh, well and have it drive out based on a voice command given to the Amazon Echo 
uh, open my garage door and, and drive out into the driveway. If people go on to Teslarati or now you've been on CNET and then you can find it all over the place now, you can see uh, Jason sort of speaks to the Echo and says, you know, take the car out of the garage. The garage door opens, the car goes out. There's a drone picture from outside with a little picture-in-picture thing going on. And it's... Well, you tell me why you did it, and then I want to talk for a second about the implications. So why did you do this? Were you bored, and you're just like, eh, I'm going to do some programming today? Well, the, the real reason I did it is I believe anything cloud-connected has the opportunity to be a platform and should really embrace the developer community. So my, my real um, motivation in this was to try and get Tesla to really begin considering that they should be engaging this burgeoning developer community by opening and, and supporting a public API versus what we're doing now which is really using using a hack out there uh, that's available today. So Tesla's been really good about opening up their technologies for other companies, you know, copy, 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 but they have not been so good at opening up their APIs. Do you have any idea why? Well, I have a feeling that, you know, they have to be thinking about, you know, potential liability and how you engage the developer community. I mean, Tesla's really done a great job of, of blazing a trail in so many areas that opening up a car platform cloud connected to a whole new class of developers, now that that's not a trivial thing to do. It requires some thought and, uh, uh, and, and, and how you would do that. So I, I don't blame them for being cautious, but the point is the API is public anyways. We're all using it. So it's better to figure out quicker how to actually engage and, and leverage that community than it is to pretend it doesn't exist. So can you do a thought experiment for us? Let's fast forward, say, five years your Tesla, you have a beautiful Model S there. It's now fully autonomous and cloud-connected. What will that allow us to do? So that would allow you to do a lot of different things. So my day job has always been about creating platforms for developers that provide a set of tools that allow you to do anything you want to, in effect, uh, with that platform. So you start getting use cases that you would never dream of based on just putting it out in the wild and letting third parties come and do things on it. Uh, you know, I could see days where you effectively say, hey, get my car ready out uh, in the driveway, I want the uh, sunroof down uh, because it's a sunny day. But it would actually know all of that from the cloud and actually just get your car ready based on your preferences that it's learned over time and, and what the weather is that day and what the forecast is even, uh, as one example. It could be also uh, calendar connected, which it already is, and uh, remind you need to get going somewhere and actually be out in the driveway and ready for you. So it could actually become more of an active participant in your life in various ways based on all the different things that could be developed around that and the services and capabilities in the cloud that it could be connected to. It sort of boggles the mind if you think like, I don't know what the Google technologies, Google Now, whatever it is, it's on my phone and it sort of knows everything. It says like, uh, get your ass to the airport and uh, do all this stuff because it's it's combing my data and it's pulling it out. And if I then added a self-driving car to it, uh, it's starting to get... um Kind of exciting or frightening, one or two? <laughs> I, I think it's both because uh, it, it's exciting in terms of the things it could be doing for you and thinking for you and things like that. But then uh, if Google decides they don't like you one day, they could disappear you by locking the doors and driving off somewhere you didn't want them to. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> so i got another question for you. Why is Tesla's app so crappy? You don't work for Tesla, but I think it is rudimentary at best. Yeah, I, I agree it is. And I think it's just because they're focusing on the underlying platform probably today in terms of self-driving capabilities and the like. And the, the amount of time and effort they're spending on the app and the APIs is probably, you know, just, just in the back. They've done a great job on the underlying platform and capability. All the component tools are there. It's just, you know, making it a first class priority and, and getting the right team out there to, to extend it and enhance it. And frankly, if they open their API, 
I would venture to bet that, you know, a third party could do an even better job because you have other apps out there like the remote for Tesla and things like that, that, you know, if they supported that kind of a community, they'd have a whole group and class of apps that are purpose built for them. That, that would be great. Yeah. What I love about when, uh, these kind of APIs get opened up is that people out there come up with ideas that you never would have thought of on your own, but you've crowdsourced it to 100,000 developers who just have some genius ideas. Exactly. And that's that's exactly what I'm trying to get them to do and focus on is, is I think that's the best thing they could do rather than trying to create the best app themselves because they're going to have a whole group of people that would do that for them and excitedly so, like myself. All right, Jason, great. Thanks uh, for your time and keep pushing and we'll help you push with this little podcast. I appreciate that because you, you get my point. It really is about getting them to embrace the, the community that's already out there. Comment. I read the article that they're I making can't. it a death penalty in Detroit. If you F with cars, they don't want you to touch their car. Yeah, so this guy hacks his Tesla and does a really fun thing. And then I don't know who sent that, whether it was CC or whether it was the guy himself. So like, here's some follow-up. If you hack your car, Michigan has a law on the bill on the books that says we can put you in jail forever. You can rape somebody and get out in less time than if you f with your car. Well, Michigan's a pretty you know they're pretty serious about their cars over there in Michigan. They've made most of them <laughs> pretty serious. Now the idea theoretically, the idea here is so that people don't a terrorist come along and hack into cars and make everybody crash. I think that was hopefully probably the they, intent. Hopefully they would go to prison for something else. Right. But they're making like it sound terrorism. like anybody <laughs> that screws with their car does something interesting. Um, obviously, it's going to void your warranty, but to go to jail forever, this is very concerning. For hacking anything? For hacking your car. The and control, I, not anything. Like you can put your glowing T on the front of your car. I don't think it, they've made it really clear. It says about. right here, unauthorized control of the motor vehicle. Okay. Willfully destroy, damage, impair, alter, or gain unauthorized control. So that's like if you're on – look, so let's say I'm driving behind you and I'm a terrorist. And I've hacked into your S. Thank and you. now you're on autopilot and I'm like – I've now got control of your car, Herbert, and you can't get it out of autopilot, and I'm just crashing into cars and driving down the like, freeway. Like right now, Mel, if I use my iPhone and I back <laughs> your car into your garage, you wouldn't like it. If you honk the his horn. The car won't let you do that. It'll stop. But this guy hacked his car, and he was able to make the car move and do things. So under this law, he has to go to jail forever. This is just uh, interesting to see where some of this legislation is going to go with these self-driving cars in an er era where we're all afraid of terrorists i have a question sure please where are the attorneys who now specialize in tesla and or autonomous vehicle defense we need to find one yeah this is a Speak whole new industry it they're like they're, they're the one percenters the attorneys <laughs> well, take tesla. a case by tesla <laughs> yeah Hydrogen cars. Let's talk a little bit about oh, hydrogen cars. Oh, I was so excited to see this. Oh, it made Tom me so giddy. loves hydrogen. <laughs> he just thinks it's the way to go. It's the future of the future. So this was from Electric. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you can't see it, but I'm still pounding my head against the wall every time he says it. Uh, it's a little article here that says electric. that um, hydrogen uh, electric vehicles, uh, batteries, are three times more efficient than hydrogen cars. And uh, I sort of sit in here, people really don't care about the physics. They don't care about how no. much energy is in a gallon of gas. They don't care about how much energy density is in a battery. They don't care about how efficient your hydrogen car is compared to your non-hydrogen car. They do not. So although it's very interesting, and I didn't do the math, I don't know how you work out that efficiency. The 
Real problem, Tom, is what with hydrogen? Please. I'm going to go get a hydrogen car right now, Tom. Why shouldn't I? Here, look at me go. go because the they're stupid. <laughs> so well, Thank you for that scientific explanation. This, okay, they're not efficient. They're super difficult technologically. All kinds of crazy stuff are going on. Look at this article that's in the show notes. There's a little schematic of what a hydrogen vehicle looks like. Holy crap, what the hell is going on in there? There's like a fission reactor that scoops around a fusion reactor, and then there's a couple of uh, uranium spent uranium thing. <laughs> it's as stupid as that, basically, yeah. what is what it is, at? in my yeah. opinion. Plans for a, uh, no, okay. a spaceship. Uh, what? No, I agree with you. But this. it's ridiculously complicated yes. tech. It could break. And B, when it does break, the local dealers won't have any idea how to fix them. There's no place to fill them right now. Why do we need yet another infrastructure that isn't built out and big enough? The car companies have been like, wow, we just spent two, three billion dollars on that. That was a stupid ass waste of time. And it's because of that carb. Right. They got thing money about the to, fast fueling. They got money to put Ridiculous. fuel stations all up and down the I five in California. All up and down. All up 20, and down. Six twenty. Whatever. Yeah, they, they, like by in the next forty eight years. Paul Scott from uh, Plug in America made the calculation that if you took the money, I believe it was Paul told me this. If you took the money for all those hydrogen filling stations yeah. and put it into uh, J seventeen seventy two plugs, yeah. you could have a set of plugs at every exit of every freeway. In California. Every exit of every freeway. In California. Did you hear that, California? (laughs) Did you hear that, California legislator? That's some math you should get behind. It seems that uh, we could post that. We've been hearing about hydrogen fuel cells for 50 years, and they're way more complicated in reality than. Because uh, they work in space. They worked for NASA when you've got nothing up there but uh, vacuum. But you have to realize that the Death Star was run off of a hydrogen fuel cell. The Death Star was? The Death Star. How do you know that? I don't. I just thought Tom might <laughs> bite on but that But they one. couldn't get any dry food trays for the cafeteria. It is, know. though. I, <laughs> I remind you, I'll though. I'll get after it. No, You're killing me, Tom. Look, what Tom is referring to here is a comedy bit by Eddie Izzard. Uh, you can find it on YouTube. It's sensationally funny. Lots of language, so don't let the kids listen to it. But here we go. Eddie Izzard and the Death Star Cantina. But there must have been a Death Star Canteen, yeah? There must have been a a cafeteria downstairs in between battles where Darth Vader could just chill and go down. I will have the penne a la Arabiata. (laughs) You'll need a tray. Do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? This is not a game of who the fuck are you? For I am Vader, Darth Vader, Lord Vader. I can kill you with a single thought. Well, you'll still need a tray. (laughs) No, I will not need a tray. I do not need a tray to kill you. I can kill you without a tray, with the power of the force, which is strong within me, even though I could kill you with a tray if I so wished. (laughs) For I would hack at your neck. With the thin bit until the blood flowed across the canteen floor. Now, the food is hot. You'll need a tray to put the food on. Oh, I see the food is hot. I'm sorry. I, I did not realize. <laughs> oh, tray for the... F- yes. I thought you were challenging me to the fight to the death. Fight to the death? I, this is a canteen. I work here. Yes, but I am Vader. I am Lord Vader. Everyone challenges me to a fight to the death. Lord Ve- Darth Vader, I'm Darth Vader. Lord, Sir Lord Vader, Sir Lord Darth Vader. Lord Darth, Sir Lord, Lord Vader of Cheem. Sir Lord Baron von Vaderham. 
the Death Star. I've run the Death Star. What's the Death Star? This is the Death Star. You're in the Death Star. I run this star. This is a star. This is a fucking star. I run it. I'm your boss. You're Mr. Stevens. No, I'm... Who is Mr. Stevens? He's head of catering. I'm not head of catering. I am Vader. I can kill catering with a thought. What? I can kill you all. I can kill me with a thought. Just... Fuck... I'll get a tray. Fuck it. This one's wet. And this one's wet. And this one's wet. This one is wet. This one is wet. Did you dry these in a rainforest? Why? With the power of the Death Star, do we not have a tray that is fucking dry? I do not... No, no, no. I was here first. You have to form a queue if you want food. Uh, can I have a... Uh, oh, Penny Arabiata. That'd be very nice. No, no, no. Do, do you know who I am? That's Jeff Vader, that is. I am not Jeff Vader. I'm Darth Vader. What? Jeff Vader runs the Death Star? No, Jeff... No, I run the Death Star. You Jeff Vader? No, I'm Darth Vader. Are you his brother? Can you get his autograph? I can't get it. No, I'm Jeff. All right, I'm Jeff Vader. I'm Jeff Vader. Can I have your autograph? No, fuck off. Or I'll kill you with a tray. Give me Penny a la Arabiata or you shall die. And you and everyone in this canteen. Death by tray it shall be. Just give me more water. Everything, everything comes in degrees. And I think that hydrogen does have a place. So there's no way we're going to take a big rig or a string of big rigs that are autonomously connected and God. fuel them by batteries. Why? You can't pull 60,000 pounds up a mountain and go 400, 300 miles for a shift of a driver on batteries. On current battery technology? I don't think no. so. But, no, but, you could put, but you could put batteries, but they're they have giant trailers to hold batteries in them. You know that, right? So they have two. They're pulling yeah. huge boxes that could That's hold true. a so lot of... So one box ba- could just be batteries. Right. Sure. Why not? That's a good point, though. So Thank Robert's you. point is how... It is. It is a good point, Robert. How much... Uh, how, how does this stuff scale up to really big rigs and big trucks, and now we're going to need some other form of energy for those? Because for but the does little it cars, we've got it down. If all the other vehicles aren't using natural gases, and only the trucks are... And there's only refinery for those. Then you know what? Cool. We're still very, very clean. I mean, those trucks are dirty. But if it's only the trucks and all the other cars are electric or clean tech of some sort that is not hydrogen, then I can live with that. Can you live with that, Robert? Yeah, I could. All right. Yeah. Although it would be like it would be nice to have 100% clean. All right, drone ships. Robert, tell us about the silly drone ship. Well, the silly 20 million dollar drone yeah, ship made by DARPA launched from. I think it was Portland. Pretty cool looking thing. It goes fast. I don't yeah. know if you watched the video. I watched it. A little catamaran type thing. It was moving yeah. pretty trimaran. fast. Trimaran. Trimaran. Sorry. Trimaran. Okay. It was so it's trimaran. fully autonomous. It, it, when you look at the pictures, it has like a, a little wheelhouse on it, but that also yeah. strips off when they're done with their testing for right. the next two years. And then this thing can go for months out at sea and it can uh, find a Russian submarine and then like a pesty little fly stick with it for months on end. And tell everybody where it's at. And at some point, they can put bombs and guns and they God can knows what it, on it. Yeah. yeah. So it's just another example of this autonomous future. And you can see in the future, uh, not just chasing after Russian subs, but entire giant ships with cargo with all your Teslas just driving around yeah. the planet across the oceans with nobody on there. There were several comments under this YouTube thing about Skynet. I'm just going to throw Skynet. that out there. Like, so it's a war machine. Let's not right. let's not beat around the bush. And that makes me 
very, very sad. I wonder if it's illegal to hack into the control systems of that device. <laughs> oh, no, I like that. Would you that's go fair to war jail game for right life? There. It depends on if you're a, you're a, you're a sovereign nation, right? Because right? Like, that's really what would happen is the sovereign nations would be like, I got control of their sub. It's all, all this stuff that I used to read and go, oh, that doesn't make any sense, that the wars of the future are going to be um, fought by programmers, not right. by soldiers. Right. This is why. But it's, it's Our ridiculous. Our programmers is better than yours. We have your nukes. We have your but boats. What, but okay, let's say there's a war, a naval war, with a whole bunch of autonomous ships and like a, only one comes back. They, they might as well settle their differences with a game of checkers, the way B- this is working. Seven. Right? It's, you sunk my battleship. <laughs> like, uh, like, is anybody at the end of the day? If there are not people being put into the fodder machine, well, in this article it said there could be no interventions without a human pushing the button. For now, for now. But, but even course, at the end of the day, like, little, so let's say our robot army beats the Chinese robot army yes. at something. Is China going to be like, there's no, what did they lose? They lost a robot army. Now we're going to still have to send our robot army to kill their regular people to take over their country if that is, you know, the end game. At some point, robots have to kill people, right? Like, right. to actually make it end. If you want to see this extrapolated even further, go and watch Star Trek, and I don't remember which episode, the original series where they they've sanitized war so much that they basically play a video game. Right. And if that city got exploded in the video game, the people from that city have to go over into these machines and basically get killed. Yes. But it makes it very nice, and it doesn't reduce the infrastructure. They all just go into these little things and get killed. And then Kirk comes down and is like, the whole point of war is that it's horrible and that people want to avoid it. You've made it so that there is perpetual war because you never lose your infrastructure. You just have the nice people go into these little ovens and kill themselves. That's the extrapolation. Are they ovens? Brilliant. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. And it's exactly what you're talking about. Tricky. War it's is supposed ridiculous. to be bad. But that's a whole other philosophical thing I want to talk about. Solar, first of all, I want to tell you Let's do it. that Texas, of all places— where all the oil is, is now the cheapest place in the country to get solar. They're now making electricity in Texas from solar at less than four cents per kilowatt hour. Holy testicle Tuesdays. We've talked about it for a number of weeks now, that the mm-hmm. solar prices keep coming down and down and down. I mean, they're really, yeah. at the point of generation, they are now cheaper than coal in lots of different markets. I mean, it's True. amazing. And this happened, like, in a year or two. Boom! Now it's, I think, all about storage. And I guess we've known this the whole time. We can create so much energy. It's all about storage. California has too much solar. So here's something I'd never thought no. about before. This is fascinating to me. Right. California's got lots and lots of solar, right? Yeah. And I'll use my house as an example. I, in the winter, don't yet have 100% replacement for all the energy I use. I have a big system here. I've got like three different systems. And but nine in the winter, refrigerators. I can't quite get 100% replacement. All right? Mm-hmm. In the but summertime. Then you, but then you come to no, March. No, in the winter. In the oh, winter. In the winter, oh, in the winter, oh, winter, winter. I can't quite get 100%. So now you come to, uh, what are we in now? May? May May. is like perfect, right? The air conditioner isn't on. Mm -hmm. There's lots and lots of long days with lots and lots of sun. I make so much excess energy, it makes me weep. I'm plugging cars and I'm inviting you guys. Come on, come and use some of us. I have got so much excess production, even with the house and the cars, two Teslas. Right. I make so much extra. And this is now a problem for California. So they've found the same thing. That they've got all these solar farms and they've got these distributed uh, rooftop solar. And there are times now, before you start cranking up your air conditioner in the really hot months, like July and August, that California has to go to these solar farms and say, could you turn that shit off? We've got too much energy being produced. selling this stuff to someone else? 
like they've been doing to us for well, so long. Then you long. get the inefficiencies of transmission and stuff like that. And and honestly, I think they're starting to to think about that they can pull dams out, and that would be awesome. We get some trout and salmon uh, yeah. places Make hydrogen done back. You know what? This this basically all comes back to the same old problem, which is solar is intermittent and solar is sometimes massively huge. What do you do with that excess energy? So Australia, of course, they're so smart down under, mate. Here's what they've been doing. Instead of having 50,000 million batteries, which are still very expensive, although the price is coming down, what they're doing in places like Australia and in Germany is that when they've got excess energy, they pump shit uphill. Uh, not shit, actually. It's water. Oh, that makes way more sense. <laughs> so they basically wow. take all of this excess... I didn't even uh, know they had hills in less, Australia. Less resistance to flow as well. <laughs> yeah, I know. What's happening? They take this water and they... There's lots of excess solar energy. Uh-huh. And they're like, here, spin the electric motors. And they pump all this water up into these dams. And then when they need the, some energy at night or when they've, there's clouds... Then they let the water come down the hill, spin the turbines, and they say that you've got about a 90% efficiency wow. as you pump it up and about a 90% efficiency when you come down. So for big systems, these are the kind of solutions that we'll be looking to. Pump lots of water up a hill. That's awesome, actually. And then yeah, get it back what about when you need it. fish confusion? Right. And they'd have to have like they'd have to be some closed systems, but that doesn't really, as the environmentalist in me, that doesn't make me super happy. Uh, that they would be like, well, we you know how to put one of these circulating power things in Encino. That'd be cool. It's better than carbon. Turns out carbon's the worst thing in the world. All right, as long as it's not in my house. I'm a NIMBY. Now, there are other ways you can do this as well. Put a big tank on your roof. Oh, damn it. There's other ways you can do this as well, and one of the ways is uh, there's these things which I don't really understand how they work, but you take air and you pressurize it into a tank. Mm-hmm. Pre- push, push, push with all the so- excess solar, uh-huh. and then when you need you know, cloudy and you know, whatever, you just turn the tap the other way and all this pressurized air then turns, I thought you were turns into a turbine. I thought you were going to say the Australians were doing it with beer. Yeah. They're going to pump pressurize air into beer. the beer and then let the air out of the beer. I mean, that is, that's great. I mean, 90% efficiency, that's more efficient than solar panel transmission and stuff like that. So you lose, what and you're I, saying is and you lose, guess is you they, lose that much. They probably don't even have to be gigantic systems. Like, you could have smaller versions of them for community power and stuff Depends. like that. Depends. When you get small, you start losing efficiency. Okay. I've seen other ones uh, where they take these giant concrete blocks and excess solar energy, and they run the electric motor, and they lift up this electric bl- of this block. And then when you need energy, you slowly let gravity pull that thing down, and it spins turbines, and you get energy that way. So there's a and number can, of different solutions, and but we need them. crush gas-guzzling cars underneath it when it comes down. This is a whole science. Yeah. You know, and if you read cool. about sort of the, uh, the whole building of the water, uh, bringing water from the Owens Valley down to Los Angeles, a movie Chinatown, in fact, mm-hmm. which is a stepping off point on this, you'll see that there was like a huge amount of engineering. So this is a whole engineering specialty. Yeah, this is um, fascinating. I always think, and I think we all think, to store solar energy, you must have a battery. No, you can store on grand scales in different ways using basic physics. Pushing shit uphill, having it come downhill is just one of them. Water, Mel, not shit uphill. Again, (laughs) agree to disagree. We've got a letter. (laughs) And here is a letter from Christopher. Oh, my God. DeSormo Melm. DeSormo Melm. DeSormo slash Melm. All right, now he goes like this. I live in the Ontario, Canada. Stop. No. That's not. No, you're not. No. No, Mel. Bad Mel. Okay. All right. I live in Ontario. A. 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 
We're going to have to move there in November, Look, so I'm, be nice. I'm here in Ontario. I've got my toque on. And, uh, oh, God. I, in the province where they have the highest kilowatt rates for energy in the, the 10 provinces. Mm-hmm. It'd be great to go completely off-grid and get 100% of my energy from the sun. However, the cost of solar has fallen a lot in the last few years, um, but it's still really expensive. He used about you know 30 kilowatt hours per day. A solar system capable of producing that up there in the Canadas, particularly in the old uh, winters, is going to be huge. It's going to be huge. So uh, how are we going to get this uh, to the point where somebody like me up in the Canadas who wants to be 100% off-grid, is solar ever going to get us there? That is the question. Go. The solution for Chris here, Christopher, I don't want to shorten his name because he may not like it, are a lot of the things that are in that other article about these community-based solar systems where the community gets together, they pool their money, and they build the system close but a little bit offside in some open land, and they can get a much bigger system. Obviously, economies of scale come into factor. They can put some Tesla battery packs in there if they want, and that seems like the most efficient thing for a community to do to sort of bring solar and if they can't do the rooftop thing as individuals sort of come together. Considering being in a cold climate, yeah. the best thing is actually to reduce your need for energy. So make sure that you have all energy efficient appliances. Yeah. Make sure that every surface of your house that faces south has a way to collect solar energy. In other words, a window, a a concrete floor or a brick floor that will heat up during the daytime mm-hmm. and to um and to just use less energy. And then you supplement with wind or solar. But just bigging, building a bigger solar system isn't the solution. You need to reduce. Yeah, so you bring up another concept in physics, um, which is it's way easier to make energy by using less energy than creating energy of any form. So super efficiency is cool. Um, solar systems are going to become cheaper and cheaper. So, Chris, I think... Uh, it also comes back to that solar city way of doing things. You as an individual may not be able to afford the giant system that you need right now. It might be tenfold less in 10 years. But if you're just leasing it from solar city um, at one cent per kilowatt hour and somebody over here wants to sell you coal at 10 cents per kilowatt hour, it'll be in your favor to uh, get solar city to stick that thing in there for you. Hey, guys, guess what? 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 Um, I think this is about uh, 14 hours long, and I've got to get it down to around 30 to 40. It's like a a Labor Day telethon. So all of that stupid crap you said, I'm going to take out. All of my... Well, like I guess I, I guess so. I, last week. So the reason Tom's not in this episode is because of the things he said during it. Yes. So much for hydrogen. <laughs> oh, damn it. Hydrogen's out. No hey, one's going to hear any of it. Thanks for coming, guys. Robert, on your way to work to save lives. Yeah, nice Robert. Stop by and say Excellent. hi and to Tom. Excellent. Of course, it's always good to see you, Tom. I'm going to go teach people to to save lives. He's going to go That's put on a big conference in Vegas. You should go if you're a doc. You should go out to Vegas. It's called Essentials of Emergency Medicine. It's May 10th through 12th. It is. It's in. Uh, the Cosmopolitan, Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas Hotel. is it's what they really want us to call it. Show. And, of course, to our producer, Cece, is over there going, these guys are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> She's not saying it. I can see it in her body language. She's laughing at you. Why? Because we're... Talking. 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 Talking.